You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. That really, he pressed on my heart when immediately when I, when, when I said yes. Uh, you guys, yeah, feel free to sit down. When I said yes, I, I knew what God was wanting to share. And, and uh, it starts with, um, my message today is called Joy Unspeakable, Full of Glory. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. We're in the, the season of the unshakable, and we're about to shred some things, and we're going to get rid of the things that we need to be shaking off. We need to get rid of. But God wants to take us to a season where you get to experience all that he is and all that he has and get filled with a joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, it says... Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you have seen not, yet believing you rejoice with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. How can we come into this place of joy unspeakable without being filled with his glory? The only way you can get such an experience, such a a transformation where you can't even talk anymore is to, to be but filled with the glory of God. And God has a place for us where we can be so full of him, so mesmerized and by the experience of his presence that we won't have a word to utter. And so when you think about it, you think about Jesus bringing the disciples and he said, you know, there, uh, from the, he was with a, doing a season, it was like he was doing a conference. He was, he was meeting with a bunch of disciples and believers and he was talking to them about um, about the cost of discipleship. And then six days later, he said, Peter, James, and John, I want you to come, come up with me to a mountain. And they're thinking, man, men's retreat, let's go. <laughs> Grill some weenies, smoke some cigars. We're with Jesus, man. This is going to be the greatest joke telling ever. They don't know. what you, A day with Jesus is always an adventure. That They were down. But one thing with, with, with Peter, he was always down for the adventure. You want me to walk on water? Let's go. He was always down. And that's why he called those three characters because they were always willing to have an event. They were always willing to walk where Jesus walked. And he said, I'm going to show you. So I'm going to bring you up to mountain, but you don't know what's going to happen right now. You have what you're about to see. You have never seen before. And all of a sudden he transfigures and the light of God, the glory of God, all that God is, the, the word, the glory in Greek is doxa. That means all that God is and all that he has shines so bright through Jesus himself. It illuminated his skin. It illuminated his clothes. It said it would shine so bright. It was brighter than the whitest snow. And, and all of a sudden, the two witnesses to bear witness to who Jesus really was, Elijah appears and Moses appears, and he shines, and the glory of God shines right through him. And he, said, and, and he wanted those three to, to see who he really was, all that God is and all that he has. And Peter, in his foolishness and his impetuousness, how many know at that time, that's an unspeakable moment. When the glory of God showed you, shut up. But instead, Peter says, like, it's good. Let's just build some, let's build some houses for you guys. How cool. Oh, Elijah, you're here. Let's build a tabernacle. He says, no, dude, even Jesus said, Peter didn't even know what he was saying. And so God had to show, show up with another cloud of glory on top of that. And, and, and the father speaks and he says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So God had to rebuke Peter. 
Because how many know when you're speaking in an unspeakable moment, you're probably going to say something stupid when you shouldn't be saying something at all. And God says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And all of a sudden they saw nothing but Jesus only. At that moment, when you experience and encounter the presence of God in such tangible ways, you will let go of your past. You will let go of your circumstance. You can let go of all the trials and the tribulations you've been through because you see Jesus only. And, G and that's all they saw. They saw the glory of God and were silenced before him. And they were never the same from that moment on. They knew beyond a shadow of, of a doubt who was calling them. They knew we just witnessed the son of the living God, the Mount of Transfiguration. And I say that because I too had a personal experience when I got saved. I mean, it was uh, to summarize when I was 20 years old, uh, I was living a wild life. I mean, some of us here, we, we all know what you can get into. Anything I could get into, I got into. I was going to the bar. I, I had a fake ID when I was 16. I, was, I had four older brothers that were absolutely wild and berserk. And so, man, I was nothing. I was everything a Christian wasn't. But I had, did have a friend that got said that I used to party with, and he got saved. He had a praying mama. Thank God for the praying mamas out there. Let's go, man. And he got saved, and he began to attend church. And all of a sudden, he said, he said, man, he said, there is a guy that I just met at, at our youth ministry, and there is something different about him. He says, would you come and listen to him? He's, I asked him to come to my house, and he had a, like a little granny flat ADU behind his house. And he said, I asked him to come and speak to us uh, uh, this weekend. Will you come and, and listen to him? And I'm like, Bro, this is the summer, man. This is party season. I mean, every, every weekend is a party, and every party gets bigger and bigger as the summer goes on. And I'm like, I don't know. But, I, but then my brother calls, who's 24, my, my older brother, and he was one of the most feared guys in town. I mean, he was, we, we grew up in Stockton, California, and Stockton was no joke. I mean, that's the home of Nick Diaz, man. I mean, you survive. You, you either survive or you don't out there, and it was rough. And, uh, but it was, it, was, it was a good town, and... Uh, and my brother was a, he was he was a, he was a street fighter. He was crazy. And all of a sudden, at 24 years old, after the party's over and the pain is there, he, he's crying out for help. He calls me that week and he says, Paul, he goes, I need help, man. I'm going, you're calling me, dude. I have no answers for you. But I said, you know what? Mike just said, he just told me he met a preacher. He said, there's something different about him. Let's go out and I'll go meet you at his house that weekend. We show up that weekend at his house. And I'm telling you what, we were, we were in, we were, and I, by the way, I did not, literally, I, I got to say this story. This is how God was on it. I literally skipped the meeting. I said, the, the, sure enough, the biggest party of the season was in, it was in town. I had my, old, my other buddy, Malo, and Malo, my Filipino buddy. And, uh, and we were like, dude, we got to go to this party. We pull up to the light. I'm ditching my brother and my friend who told me to come to his house. I'm just ditching him for the next party. Guess who pulls up to the light next to me? My friend and the pastor inside the car right next to me, a town of 500,000 going, dude, we're, we're on our way to the house. You, you, I guess you guys are following us. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? We were going to... God had a point, he had appointed time, and he's got an appointed time for you. We show up, 
we got to follow. I said, Malo, dude, we got to go, man. I'm sorry. He goes, what is going on here? I got, I got, we, we got to go. We show up to the house. Listen, this guy starts preaching. I'm telling you what, I started to, and I am not, I mean, I, I like, I heard the gospel. I asked Christ into my heart at that point but I was not walking. I did not have an experience. I never had an encounter with the living God. He begins to speak. And all of a sudden you could feel the atmosphere in the room changing in heaven, beginning to, to invade. the. I, at that time, I did not know what it was, but I could feel the, the, the presence of God filling that room. And he looked at my brother and he said, God's going to free you tonight. He's going to deliver you tonight. I go, dude, I don't know what that means. And <laughs> my brother, my brother's half baked at that time. Go, whatever, dude. He goes, and he, and all of a sudden he begins to pray for my my brother Steve, man, and he, he falls out into the power of God, and he starts to speak in languages, not in heavenly languages, in demonic languages, and I am freaked out. Voices start coming out of his, his mouth. He said, I'm going to kill you. I'm, I got him. I own him. And he this screaming, I mean, demonic voices coming out of his body. Me and Malo freaked out, man, <laughs> freaked out. I'm like, bro, those demons are going to jump on me. We are hiding under the bed like two little scared school children. Never, I mean, we thought we were, we were nothing. I mean, when you hear demons, man, you freak out. This goes on for about five minutes. The, the, the preacher's on top of him in the name of Jesus and breaking things off of him. He's screaming. I mean, there are voices that are like, I mean, my brother can't even speak at one point. He's trying to speak. Demons are talking over him. All of a sudden he goes, you got to forgive yourself. You gotta forgive yourself. And my brother, after a tussle with a, the last demonic entity, would not, and he said, I forgive myself. And right when he said that, it, that, that demonic spirit, it lets out a guttural yell and lifts out of his body. I was so, and I was not even aware at the time, but when that entity left his body, we were on the other side of the bed, I could feel it slime me as it left the room to that I was dry heaving, wanting to throw up. The entity was so gross. And all of a sudden you felt there was a holy hush of God that filled that room, filled the presence of God, filling that room. But you did not speak a word. You were afraid to speak a word at that point. It was pin drop silence for like two minutes. And all of a sudden, I finally, I hear the, 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 the preacher begin to move around. I thought, I said, man, I don't know if my brother is dead or alive at this time. I'm not kidding. I thought, I don't know what just happened right now. I don't know if a demon just, I, I, I thought I was living in The Exorcist or some movie. When the preacher began to move around, I began to, I, I walked, I got up outside of the bed. I, 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 I looked over and I looked at my brother and it's, you're looking down, he's on the ground. And you know how people that do drugs and live a hard life, they look 20 years older than they were? Dude, he was 24, 25 at the time. He, all of a sudden, he went from like looking like he was 45, 50 to 15 again. I looked over him and I, I, I begin to weep because his face glowed like an angel and he had no wrinkles on his skin. He was glowing white and he looked like an innocent young boy. Again, he was physically transformed, physically transformed before my very eyes. And, and from that day forward, and he, my parents tried like drug and alcohol treatment centers for him. He, I mean, nothing. From that day forward, the guy serves the God today. He loves the Lord. Changed.
And then the preacher turns to me. He said, God's going to set you free tonight. I go, oh, my God, demons, run. Marlo, hit the door. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't take this anymore. Please, God, I hope I don't have demons. <laughs> so freaky, man. But instead, he prays for me, and I, I just I fly back. I'm, I just fly back. I get pinned to the ground. I go, dude, that guy just pushed me to the ground. What did, I didn't see any Christian TV at this time. I'm not, living, I'm not watching 3 a.m. televangelist on TV at this time, dude. I got other things on my agenda at 3 a.m. And I push to the ground. I get back up, and I said, dude, I, and he goes, get him back up. Get him back up. He goes, he, he goes, there's more for him. And I get back up. I'm baseball stances. I'm athletic stance. I go, no, 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 no. Nobody's pushing me over at this time. He, he, he stays about five, six feet away from me and just waves his hand in the name of Jesus. And I fly back against the wall and I'm pinned and I'm, I just get slammed. I'm pinned to the floor and the glory of God just begins to open up. And, I see, and I'm literally experiencing heaven for about 45 minutes. I can't move a muscle. And the God is just opening up the heavens, the, the floodgates of heaven. There is a point. And from, from that day forward, I could never look back. How many know when you have an experience with God and you encounter the glory of God, there is a point when I knew I can never go back to my old lifestyle. There's, there's a point when you know beyond a shadow of doubt, God is who he says he is. And, he, and whatever he says he can do, he can do it, man. God wants you to experience his glory. I feel it so much in my bones. I feel it that I feel that God is going to pour out his glory and he's gonna to begin to reveal his glory to everybody in this campus and in all the camp, that is his heart and soul. He is not done with us yet. We are just only scratching the surface to what God can do. And the second point, the greater the glory, the greater the story. The greater the glory, the greater the story. When Moses went up to get the commandments, and he, how many know he had an encounter with God? He had a radical encounter, I mean, to the point where he got to see God and his face shined like this. And when he came down, there was a manifestation of the glory. The residue was still with him. But, the, but as he was coming down the mountain and he was experiencing the most incredible experience somebody could ever have encountering God, face to face, down at the bottom, there was resistance. God has, res there is resistance happening in, in the works and in the camp. Every time there's a move of God, every time God wants to move in your life in a corporate setting, every time there is a move, there is gonna be a resistance. And he begins to create dissension, idol worship, to the point he has to break the commandments. He caused, had, the enemy will cause havoc because he doesn't wanna see the revival in your life. He doesn't want you to experience the glory. And if you do, he's going to, he's going to create resistance to it. He doesn't mind if you have a form of godliness, but yet deny the power. That's the safe place to be. But it's the people that begin to encounter and say yes to God. When you move in and your heart say, you know what? I'm going to take one step further. I'm going to say yes. And all of a sudden, then God says yes to you. And I say yes back. And you begin to encounter the glory of God. That's when the enemy freaks out and resistance happens in your life. And that's why, that's why in here we go through some stuff, guys. 
we're, and, and, and girls, we're going through stuff because we are encountering the glory of God. God is wanting to reveal himself from glory to glory. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, I forgot to mention, but when we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. You think about that. When we with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into his image from glory to glory. When we behold him, we become like him. But then there's resistance. And in, and in Moses' time, in Moses, even when Moses was born, he was, he was born as a deliverer. He came as a deliverer. And how many know the enemy tried to take him out even as a young boy? because he knew there's a movement coming through Moses. There is a, I'm going to set, Moses is going to set my, his people free. And so what did the enemy do? He caused a resistance. He, he was willing, the enemy will stop at nothing to stop your life. There, he doesn't play fair. He will wipe out every child on earth to stop a movement of God. He cares at nothing. He is ruthless and he is hateful and vengeful. And one thing he doesn't want to see is us moving into the image of God. Then when Christ came, same thing happened. Christ the deliverer. I mean, Jesus himself, all that God is and all that he has coming on earth. And then what, is it? what happens? King Herod rises up. I'm going to slaughter every child just to shut down Christ, just to shut down the movement of God. All that God is, all that he has manifested in Jesus on earth. And what does God do? God bringing Jesus and the devil will stop at nothing to stop. But God has a plan. God is a mystery writer. Let's go. But one thing God is, is, is a little bit smarter than the devil. He's a little bit smarter. Because... Not only is that not only is he writing your story and your struggle, he's also got he's writing he was writing another struggle he was writing another story and it's a mystery and in Ephesians chapter three verse nine and ten, it says to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which the beginning of the world have been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Let me go on here. Also, he writes about a mystery in, in uh, Ephesians, Timothy, and Colossians, and he's talking about a mystery that God kept hidden through the ages but was only revealed at that time. He could not reveal it until that time. It's important we know. In Colossians 1.26, he says, even the mystery which has been hidden from the angels and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, not only is he a mystery writer, he's got a sense of humor. You ever play the game whack-a-mole? You know, county fair stuff. Come on, you guys all been to Chuck E. Cheese. Some of you guys lived at Chuck E. Cheese, you know. Whether we liked it or not, you play whack-a-mole. And God was going to play whack-a-mole with the devil. He knew, see, Jesus Christ wasn't the mystery. 
Because Jesus, whatever, whatever is prophesied out is not a mystery. God knows and the devil knows. When you get a, prophesy, a prophecy over your life, the devil knows the prophecy just as well. It's out there. And, G, and, God, and the devil knew that Jesus was coming. So he wasn't the mystery. He knew that's why he, he tried to wipe him out from the birth. But the mystery that, that, that he did not plan is that when, when the devil tried to wipe out Jesus, all of a sudden, 10 more Jesuses popped up. Not Jesus himself, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. When, when, when the glory of God appeared to the disciples, all of a sudden, Jesus said, you think you're going to whack me? I'm going to release my glory now to 120 in an upper room. And now you don't have to just contend with me. You contend with 120. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The same anointing that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And now we walk around, and now the devil has to contend with all of us, with Jesus inside of all of us. And he can't handle it. He's still trying to whack both. He's still trying to whack you. And all of a sudden, when he whacks you, 10 more pop up. Christ in you, and you, and you witness, and more and more. And it multiplies through the earth. And one thing he doesn't want us to know is the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is dwelling in us the anointed one and his anointing, the anointed one and his anointing in us, manifesting in the earth, shaking the earth, shaking San Diego. And that's why I'm grateful for what Jurgen and Leanne has done because they've created an atmosphere where the glory of God is being released, the anointing is being released. And now we know that it's Christ in us. And if God be for us, who could be against us? Come on. Come on. God before us, who can be against us? And all that, I'm going to close with this is that, um, you know, I can relate to walking and experiencing God even in the last couple of years. In the last couple of years, because, you know, even though I had those incredible encounters, how many know your relationship with God is fluid? And you can get at the, some of the safest places to, to just, it's just to go back into the shadows. And I, for a long season of my life, I went into the shadows. I, I, I serve God, I tithe, but I really didn't. And there, that, that's a whole other story. But, um, you know, I, 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 chose, I chose a road that, and it was good. I chose the good, but I didn't see the great anymore. There's a season where I didn't see the great. I didn't until, until here, until I came into this place. And it took a while and all, sometimes the glory can come suddenly, and sometimes it could rise slowly, like a, just a tsunami. And all of a sudden, I began to soak in here, and I came to this place about eight years ago, and I began to feel God's presence again. I began to experience Him again and began to dream again and see Him. And this time, it came a little slower. But about two years ago, I started saying yes. I told God, I said, I said, God, I said, um, you know, whatever you have for me, I don't, if it's the smallest thing, it's the biggest, it doesn't matter. I'm going to say yes to whatever you want me to do again, because I'm tired of saying no. For most of my life, I said no for, and I justified it with amazingly great reasons, but they weren't, they weren't that great. Truly, they weren't that great. And it's easy to, it's easy to justify that. But I said yes to God. And when it, and as I did, I started to set a step into serving him little by little, 
And what an honor it is to serve God in any capacity. And I begin to experience him again in my alone time. I begin to feel him. I begin to see him. And I'll tell you this, though, in the midst of the glory and beginning to meet God, resistance came again. Trials like I've never, never experienced in my life. When, again, the devil doesn't play fair. When he throws things at you, he throws everything he's got in the kitchen sink. And my darkest time was during COVID 2020. My mom died. In uh, the thankfully, she died just before COVID. She died in February, and she lived a long life. She was great, and and uh, I was taking over a, a family business, a family farm, and I didn't even want it. I did not want the farm, um, and this was I, this was prior when my dad died five years ago. But I did it because I th we think it was for noble purposes, and and we still think it is today. But through all of that. We, and after my mom died, some of the people that were closest to me, and I, I hesitate saying this, but because we can, Jesus despised the shame for the joy set before him. And I can despise, it's, it's shameful to even talk about, but some of my own family members tried to shut my business down. People that I thought were closest to me, and they, they were relentless on their attacks to shut the farm down on all the, and it, I can go into motives, but I mean, you don't need motives. You just know it's demonic. Yeah. You just know it's dark. And you know, and I can tell you, I was extorted three times. I was trying to get extorted and attempted extortion three times. I mean, I, I had every agency in the world called. And when your livelihood, you got millions of dollars on the line. It's not a joke, man. It's fight or flight. There was a point last year I told, I, and I had to cry out to a couple friends. And I said, guys, I need more prayer than just Tuesday morning. If I don't get a lifeline, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail. I was at the point where my legs, my spiritual legs, I did not know if I could take another step. I did not know if I could make it. And I thought our business was going to go under and I was going to lose millions of dollars. And I said, guys, will you guys pray for me? I mean, it was, I mean, attacks were coming from all ends and I felt super alone. And yet in the midst of it, God was showing himself faithful. He said, will you serve me? Will you continue? And, and you know, no, nobody knows this in here because I'm in here. I'm joyful. I'm preaching DNA. We're having fun. We're having a great time because I don't need to, you know, because I, at the same time, God is great. God is good. But yeah, there is struggles. There's things that you go through in life. And I went through that season, but I fast forward a whole year, fast forward this year. And I'll tell you what, we won every attack. We won. Come on, man. We stood because we stood because I wouldn't step down this time. 20 years ago, I stood down. He got me. But this time, I said no more. I'm still saying yes. I'm still going to say yes to God. I'm going to stand in the midst of the trials and the persecutions. I'm going to stand with God. And this time, I'm not saying no. I don't care what you take from me. I don't care what you try to do. And when all, when all you've done is stand, you stand, man. He said, how'd you do it? I said, you bind, you loose, you stand. And he showed himself faithful. And this Christmas, the greatest thing I could ever give is, man, I'm a free man. I'm free from those attacks. Everyone is but one, every legal battle. I've got lawyers like full time, it's over.
There's things well, we got to shred today. Maybe there's some attacks or some, there's some, there's some things that we got to shred that we're done with. It's over. It's, and we need it to be over. And God says this Sunday, it's over right now. It's over. It's over for you. And there's a gift. There's the great, and the point three, there's the greatest exchange of all time. Jesus said, let me, let me close with this. Uh, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, 1, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of, of our faith, who the joy set before him endured the cross. Guys, we're going we're gonna to shake off the weights and the sins that so easily weigh us down. We're going to walk into the glory of God. We're going to get to a place where it's unspeakable. We're going to have our quiet times and visitations from God. Don't be surprised when you get into your quiet times. You're going to see God in ways you haven't seen him before. I have no doubt in my mind that is exactly what God has for you. So if we can all stand here today as we close. One of the greatest gifts is the gift of salvation. One of the things, we're, we get to exchange our gifts. Everybody's seen the white elephant gift exchange? <laughs> Maybe you give something great, and then all of a sudden somebody doesn't know, and he gives, and there's an awesome gift presented. We get to give what we have, and, but Christ in his gift exchange wants to give what he has, the best of him, the glory, all that God is, all that he has. With eyes closed and hand, and uh, let's just let's just ask right now and uh, as we um, as as we close this is maybe you're here and and you've received the gift you've had the gift of eternal life it says by the grace of God that we're saved it's not of yourselves it's the gift of God maybe you've received it before but it's on the shelf it's been on the shelf it's been dusty. And you know that in that box, in that gift, it's been a part of your life. But it hasn't really been opened. You haven't opened the real gift that God has for you. All that he is and all that he has. In that box is the glory of God. Will we open it today? Will we receive the greatest gift of all time? And maybe you're here and you haven't received even Christ himself. Maybe Jesus himself has not been the Lord of your life. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. If that's you and you say, God, I need to receive Jesus right now as my Lord and Savior. I have not received the gift of eternal life. If I left today, I don't know if Jesus, I would go to heaven. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if there's a gift, if, the, if you have a gift and you know I've received the gift of God, but I've left it on the shelf. I've One time I've received you, Christ, but I have not opened the box to all that you are and all that you have. I have not experienced you and I'm ready to right now. If that's you, will you just raise your hand right now? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.
All right, let's pray. Let's go. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, God. Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you for who you are, that you are all that God is and all that he has. God, we receive you right now. God, for every hand that's raised, God, we ask right now that you, God, would dust the gift off, that God, right now, the gift of salvation be realized right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you are revealing yourself to those that say yes. They're saying, yes, I'm going to open that box to your eternal life. I'm going to open that box to all that you are and all that you have in the name of Jesus we welcome you, God. We exchange everything we have for everything you have in the greatest exchange of all time. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.